happy Wednesday, everyone. Hope everyone's enjoying their week. It is midweek, so it's coming to an end if you're not enjoying it. So that's one good thing about it. And if you are enjoying it, just keep on enjoying it through the week. And we are actually on our second episode of the, the segment of the Cotton Hour. So we are happy to be here with USA Today bestseller, Diane Ranella. Diane, how are you today? I'm great, thank you. How are you doing? I am hanging in there. So you are an author. So let's let people know what genre you are in and go from there. Well, um, I all of my books have a, a little bit of a romance angle, but most of them are also metaphysical fiction and some are straight romance. But I love writing metaphysical fiction and bringing in a romantic element to those stories. Very nice. Now, what got you into writing? You know, I always thought that someday I'd write the great American novel was the dream. And one day I saw a movie that really angered me because it, the story didn't go the direction I felt it needed to go. And I walked away angry and I said, you know what, if I wrote that, it would be so different. And why didn't they do it this other way? It would have been better. And okay, fine. I've always said, I'm going to write a book. Now I'm going to do it. And part of me just went, yeah, right. Sure. But this little voice in the back of my head said, you know what, you should really do that. And I, did. That's when I wrote Love's Forbidden Flower. And that's a whole other story right there. But that's what got me going. So a lot of it is because a bad movie, to put it mildly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, anger and angst drive writing a lot for a lot of people. Like if the world's all happy and flowery and wonderful, you're probably out like enjoying life but when you're angry or you're full of angst that's when you just want to tell the world how you're feeling and it's, it's all bottled up and you want to let it out so never underestimate the power of anger or angst mm, very true now let's get into the one of my favorite subjects the metaphysical side yeah now how do you imply that with some of your books well let me pull out Scary Monsters, which I think is a cover that you're showing. This was my first real dive into metaphysical fiction. And this actually won the 2017 Body, Mind, Spirit Award for, it's an international book award for excellence in vis visionary fiction. And this story is about a girl who's basically me, not going to lie. She's, uh, <laughs> she's really into old school rock and roll and vintage clothes. And one day she's in her favorite record store and she blows six bucks on an album. She's like, this has got to be garbage, but I love the cover. And, you know, I don't know who this is or what this is, but whatever. And she gets it home and she finds out it's this ultra rare album by this really famous band. And just the, the way it's presented, it doesn't make sense that it's them. And so she's like, oh my God, this, this album, this album. So at the, 
right then her, her friends call and say, you know what, let's, let's go to the bar. Let's go have drinks. And she's like, sure. Great. And she takes off and she goes to the bar and she meets her perfect match Niles, who is dressed to the nines in exactly her way. And of course he's perfect. And of course that means he's not perfect. And while they're getting all that figured out and the stories unfolding, that album is sticking around, staring at her everywhere she goes, it seems. And while it's staring at her, she finds a Ouija board and she uses the Ouija board and she accidentally summons the lead singer of that band back to life. And that lead singer, Peter Lane, and Niles, the guy she's going through the ups and downs with, are related in a very unique way that I have been told is wholly original, that no one's ever read anything like it before. And uh, that puts us on our on our journey. Sweet. That actually sounds like it would be a fun read, especially having the surprises like that. Yeah. And the ghost now, of Lane was, Peter was murdered. So he's here seeking revenge. So is Niles going to help him? So, so a bit of a, a revenge aspect as well. Yeah. I'm intrigued, actually. Thank you. So I have to ask, because I know a lot of people prefer privacy. Some people like the noise. And, like, I would have to sit here at home to write. Do you go to coffee shops? Do you just stay at home? Do you just whenever wherever, whenever I have the opportunity. Um, you know, since lockdown happened two years ago, I've mostly been home. I work remotely. So the current MO is to get up around five o'clock or so. And I make the 30 second commute from my bedroom to my office. And I sit down with my coffee and I'll write for a couple of hours and then I'll work. And then after work, usually I have some time. I'll do a little more writing then. Um, Back when my daughter was really young, I would get a sitter and then go to a coffee shop for a few hours, any chance I could get. So it's whatever I can do. There's a part of me that's always writing, even when I'm not actively writing, because sometimes like the other day I was doing the dishes and I heard this little voice in my head from a character that I'm in the novel I'm working on. And he just kind of whispered something to me. And I'm like, wait, what, what? And I go, okay, note paper. I, I, let's start writing. I'm listening. What is it I, I need to know? And like this character starts telling me aspects of the story I'm writing that I've kind of ignored. He's like, you need to incorporate this. You need to, to bring this side of me out more. And it's things like that. I mean, that never shuts off. You could be at work in the middle of a big meeting and unfortunately a little sparkle hit and you'll be thinking, Oh my God, how am I going to jot this down while I've got to be paying attention to what's going on in this room? But it, it just doesn't shut off. I can agree with that. There's been times I've been places where it's like, like not now, not now. Hush. <laughs> and then of course you always have to go and try to write it down so you don't forget it. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say you would be as a writer? Are you a pantser, a planner? Pantser. 
I have tried planning, but you know, my best ideas come out of nowhere. Um, you know, for example, when I was writing Moonlight Serenade, which is uh, related to scary monsters, they're all in, in the same collection, they're standalones in the same collection. But when I was writing Moonlight Serenade, um, you know, Dale's a, a salesman and he travels a lot. And one day in an airport, he's making a phone call and he finds a beat up copy of Logan's Run. And he grabs it, takes it with him. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm putting this in there, but I am. And that book winds up, it's always with him anytime he travels. And towards the end of the book, he starts piecing together what is wrong with his life. And he understands why he carries that book. And it's because it's there's that underlying message of being a runner and what it means to be a runner and how he doesn't want to be a runner anymore. And when I was writing, it was just like, there it is. You just go with it. And that that happens in every book. There's always one or two things that just come out of nowhere. And I always hold on to them because somehow they tie things together in the end. So pants for sure. I can I tried I tried planning one once and literally just I got to chapter three, reread everything, and it's like, this has nothing to do with what I'm writing. Just ripped it up, threw it away. So yeah. I'm the same way. It's like, it, it flows when, I guess for pantsers, like me and you, it's basically the flow. For sure. Now, where can people get your books? That's one of the things that a lot of people would like to know. Amazon. Um, I chose to be exclusively on Amazon because I like doing their um, their unlimited program where people can like pay the flat amount and um, try out books. Because, you know, sometimes you just want to try something different. You don't know if it's going to suit you. And in a program like that, you can just say, OK, well, let me just try this book and a few pages in. If you don't like it, you're not really out anything. And so I think it encourages people to read because like a, a lot of people they'll go for romance but they won't necessarily know if they're going to jive with like the metaphysical aspect and this kind of gives them a, a chance to try things out um also on amazon because um my books almost all of them are audiobooks on audible and in fact my first two books i narrated myself because i felt that um when i was auditioning of voice actors they just they weren't getting the character and this this character was very personal to me and I, I really needed it to be right so i took it upon myself to narrate my first two novels and it was quite the experience it took a ton of time but i'm i'm thrilled with it and i'm really glad i did it that way that's interesting because i did do the audiobook experience and i have to say it's quite a challenge listening to the auditions and and I was actually when you said audiobooks my next question would be was going to actually be did you read it yourself or go through a voice actor um just the, the first two myself Holly Jackson is a phenomenal voice artist and and she did uh, the other books that I have out there I would love to record more myself I've still got an 
think there's only one left that hasn't been recorded. And I think I might just, I don't know, I might do it myself. There's three voices in it. That could be kind of interesting. Um, I like doing the characterizations when uh, people are speaking. I have a, a theater background. So it, it's, it's kind of fun to try to change your voice just enough so that the reader kind of picks up on who it is. So I don't know, yeah, maybe it'll happen someday. Now that would adds to the questions going on here. With the theater background, have you ever thought of writing script for any of your books? Or have you wrote script for any of your books? I have not. Um, somebody did turn Scary Monsters into a screenplay. So we, we uh, yeah, I kind of put some feelers out there that the timing was definitely wrong for that story um, because of Rosalind's love for the 60s and Peter being a character out of the 60s. At the time, it it just wasn't the right timing for it. Now might be better timing to start pitching it again. So maybe, yeah. That could that would definitely be fun. A fun and, story. And I know no script would is definitely a lot harder to write than the actual book. I've worked with people that actually do comic books, and it is a huge difference. Yeah, um, with scripts, there's there's so much that it's so weird because a script needs to be bare bones, so there's room for interpretation, but there's also got to be enough in there where like the actors and the director and people know how to interpret. So it's it's a delicate balance with the script, and plus the scenes. Yeah, you have to change a lot, mm -hmm. especially if you're doing something that doesn't have a lot of locations that would become really tedious and you, you have to change it up. So what would you say your inspiration is to continue writing? What drives you? I actually start feeling depressed if I don't write. Writing gives me the feeling, it's not just the writing, it's the knowing that I'm going to publish, gives me a, a bit of a feeling of immortality, that I have a legacy, that mm -hmm. when I'm no longer here, I'm still here, that I've made a statement that I hope people will take with them. And I hope we'll influence people either to, not necessarily to change their beliefs, but to challenge their belief systems. Because I think that's one of the most important things you can do in life is challenge your own belief systems. And if you walk away with the same beliefs, that's great. And if you walk away with changed beliefs, that's great too. I, I, I think everybody needs that. So it's kind of, thinking that you feel good about inspiring other people with some of these beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. My, my first book was rooted in civil rights. And so I really feel like that is a hell of a legacy to leave behind. And it's, it's so cathartic to write and to be able to do that in, 
and give yourself that way. And it's such a treasure when somebody picks up your book and starts reading it and keeps reading it um, because they are giving you the gift of their time. What, what a precious thing. I don't take that lightly. That is, that is so generous of them, you know, more so than, you know, giving me their money for buying the book. It's the time they're giving me for, for letting me speak to them during this, this journey they're reading. It's phenomenal. And we do have another cover here. I don't want to forget that. And where can people get your books if they want them signed? I actually have a shop on Etsy. So you can uh, pop onto Etsy and find my books there. And I try to make the price the same as if you're buying it on Amazon. Because I try to make them very inexpensive and, and include like the shipping and the price and to keep it the same, if not very close to the same as if you're going online. I just, you know, people say, well, you should raise raise the rate because you're paying for the books. Well, it's like, you know, I, if somebody really just wants to get a signed book by me, by all means, let's, let's, let's make it easy for them. Very interesting aspect because I do go to a lot of conventions. I don't know. Do you go to conventions at all or have you thought about going to I conventions? quite a bit before the pandemic and I haven't traveled much the, the last two years. Oh, one of my, Biggest thing is I like to try to discount when I do the convention. So giving them the deal. Yeah. And I will be uh, signing for Lovapalooza, which is coming up. And there's a, a pre-order form tied into my booth. And you can request how things are signed a little bit. A little bit. Not saying it would take full request depending on what you're asking for. <laughs> But um, I will be there, I guess, over Zoom, talking to people and presenting some panels and signing books. So I would love to talk to people. I hope people who attend, I hope people will attend Level Palooza and that those that attend will stop by and say hi, even if they don't buy anything. I would love to talk to people. Now, Level Palooza, can you tell us a little bit about Level Palooza? No, we had one person on didn't really talk about Lovapalooza. Yeah, you know, um, a friend of mine came up with this idea. It's this, it's a virtual book convention. And, you know, forgive me because I'm not going to be the greatest at explaining <laughs> it. I've seen the demos of it and she's had some amazing custom software made where you go into a convention hall and you can go to these virtual booths and go into rooms and go to different live panels that will be happening in different live roundtables and different workshops, both pre-recorded and live and Q and a sessions and meet the author session. And so you just, you sit at your computer and you click around and you get to meet all these awesome people. I'm super excited about it. I can't wait. Very nice. Now, let's see, Local Palooza is coming up. That starts June 17th and goes through the 26th. I believe that's right. The The actual uh, real event is over that weekend. 
So the beforehand is all virtual. So you could watch the author presentations and kind of get to know who the different authors are. Um, each author is putting together a 20 to 25 minute video. And it, it's funny because we all go, oh my God, what are we going to say? But I am sure everybody had the problem I had where it's mine went to 45 minutes and then I had to cut it. And I'm like, how am I going to get this down? And I got it down to 20. Um, but for that first week, you can go watch the different videos. Then there's, I think it, there's a pajama party um, that Friday night, I want to say. And then there's the whole weekend of the presentations. I've got a presentation. I'm doing a taboo literature workshop. And then I'm on a couple of panels. I think one's on um, social media and another on character development. No, I did put the link on there for that. But how do people sign up for that? Or how would author and how would authors sign up for that if they wanted to be a part of it in the future? Um, it's held by Masterclass Summits. And I believe the website is masterclasssummits.com. There's a murder mystery one coming up. I think there's a sci-fi one coming up and there's a Christmas one coming up and I'm definitely going to do the Christmas one. I would love to be involved in the sci-fi one. The book I'm currently working on is a little sci-fi, I think enough to, to get me in there, a little sci-fi, a little mystery, but I don't know if it's going to be ready in time for me to be at those, but I'll be at the Christmas one. <laughs> Well, definitely look forward to possibly being a part of that. Um, I got fantasy and Western covered, but I don't have sci-fi or romance or any of that. So maybe in the future. I have a feeling she'll be doing a lot of these. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I think it's going to be great. And hello, Julie. But like I said, this is our short segment, and it was very glad to have you with us today. Thank and you. It's a pleasure. We definitely look forward to having you in the future. And everybody, I believe our next show is actually going to be Tuesday, or no, tomorrow night on the Con Hour. We have Sean Peck, who's lead vocalist for Death Dealers. So that should be a fun one. And until then, adios.